love yourself enough to not need validation from the outside. I'm an oxymormon. I'm a brokeback Mormon. I'm an <laughs> ethel Mormon. I'm a latter gay saint. In this, I write about some really wonderful experiences I had making things like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. There's a White Castle about 45 minutes from here. I can make the trip if you're willing to. Excuse me, are you Neil Patrick Harris? Smoking weed with a fake President Bush. That's Alabama Kush. Josh and I have been together for 11 years. I'm really happy to share that chapter with folks. To this way out the international LGBTQ radio magazine, I'm Greg Gordon. A leading Chinese rights group is forced offline, a gay Mormon's 10 years of confessions, and Kumar goes without Harold on a queer new adventure. Those stories and more this week now that you found this way out. I'm Sarah Montague. And I'm John Dyer V. With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending November 6, 2021. A prominent queer group in China announced on November 4 that it is closing all of its accounts on the country's most popular social media platforms. It's not yet clear if LGBT rights advocacy China will shutter its physical offices in the city of Guangzhou with the demise of its queer advocacy online accounts on Weibo and WeChat. Since its founding in 2013, the group has brought a number of lawsuits on behalf of LGBTQ clients in addition to providing supportive services. Their closing WeChat message read, Please accept our sincere apologies for any inconvenience caused. There may still be uncertainties in the future, but we look forward to the day when the clouds have dispersed and we can see the blue sky again. The authoritarian government of Xi Jinping began turning up the pressure on LGBTQ advocacy in August 2020. That's when organizers of the popular Shanghai Pride Festival abruptly canceled the event after 11 successful years. The COVID pandemic was not cited, and no other explanation was given. Government authorities shut down more than a dozen LGBTQ-supportive social media accounts run by students and NGOs in July of this year. Then in September, the country's top media regulator banned depictions of sissy men in the media and gay love and effeminate men in video games. The forced shutdown of queer advocacy online sinks with an even bigger crackdown. More than 3,000 social organizations deemed illegal were targeted by the Ministry of Civil Affairs on November 5th. The official Xinhua News Agency said that the ministry also shut down some 200 websites and individual social media accounts that were not registered with any government authority. As we record this newscast, LGBT rights advocacy China's Facebook page remains active. That doesn't help Chinese queers. Facebook is banned in their country. A far-right Bulgarian presidential candidate faces charges after leading an attack on an LGBTQ community center in the capital of Sofia. Buyan Rosete was charged on November 3rd with hooliganism and infliction of bodily injury during the invasion of a trans community event at Sofia's Rainbow Hub on October 30th. Rainbow Hub is run by the Belitis and the Gays and Lesbians Accepted in Society Foundations. 
Belitis Foundation Project coordinator Gloria Filipova was hit in the face while the marauding thugs overturned desks and destroyed office equipment. Rusete leads the Bulgarian National Union and has been a strident opponent of LGBTQ rights for years. The ultranationalist spent time behind bars in 2008 for violating public order at Sofia's first LGBT pride parade, according to Reuters. He faces up to five years in prison for his latest assault. Leaders from Bulgaria's major political parties condemned the attack. Ambassadors from the United States, Britain, France, Ireland, Denmark, and the Netherlands joined other diplomats visiting the Rainbow Hub Center on November 1st in a show of solidarity. Bulgaria's presidential election is November 14th. Hackers have released the personal information of hundreds of thousands of users of the Israeli queer dating app, AppTrap. The hacker group known as Black Shadow dumped the data on November 2nd, after Atraf owner Sabersov failed to meet their $1 million ransom demand within 48 hours. The theft has created a panic among the app's mostly male users, those who are closeted about their stolen sexuality and HIV status. Atraf officials would only say that they're working intensely to deal with the hack. A joint statement from the Israel Internet Association and the Association for LGBTQ Equality in Israel advises all ATRAF users to change their usernames and passwords and to contact the police if they get any extortion or ransom demands. Hilda Pierre told Argent France Press that calls to the queer organization's hotline have doubled. The Israeli Internet host CyberServe provides servers and data storage for a number of other companies in addition to Atraf. Dozens of them have been hit by Black Shadow, which reportedly has links to Iran. The Taliban confirmed the worst fears of human rights advocates this week. Afghanistan's new government issued guarantees that it would respect human rights in order to secure the release of billions of dollars in assets stored in the U.S. Federal Reserve and other central banks in Europe. Those funds were frozen after the fall of the secular government. In seeking relief for the drought-stricken country, Taliban officials vowed to uphold some women's rights, but they drew the line at sexual and gender minorities. Afghan Central Bank board member Shah Marabi told Reuters, LGBT, that's against our Islamic law. Rainbow Railroad is a Canadian-based NGO that's been helping queer Afghans flee the country. Executive Director Kamali Powell told Agence France Presse this week, We now know for sure that the Taliban has a kill list circulating, identifying LGBTQI plus persons. Powell worried that Taliban officials are specifically targeting people that international groups are trying to evacuate, and that some are being entrapped by people posing as allies. The Taliban's intentions were revealed just hours before a group of 29 LGBTQ plus Afghan refugees arrived in the UK, thanks to the efforts of Rainbow Railroad, the British government, and the rights group Stonewall. One of the new arrivals told the BBC, I was very depressed. I was counting my days to die. I am trying to figure out where to start my new life. But man, I feel safe and free. This is amazing. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to consider the appeal of a pro-transgender rights ruling, a victory that was lost in most mainstream coverage of major cases this week. 
Dignity Health had asked the justices to overturn a lower court's decision in favor of Evan Minton. The Roman Catholic Church-affiliated provider operates several hospitals in California, including Mercy San Juan Medical Center in Sacramento County. Minton's gender-affirming hysterectomy there was abruptly cancelled soon after he told a nurse that he is trans. The High Court rejected the hospital's contention that forcing it to perform procedures contrary to the staff's religious beliefs would violate their First Amendment rights. The ruling revised Minton's 2019 lawsuit to pursue his health care discrimination claim. Conservative justices Thomas Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Neil Gorsuch said they would have heard the case, although the court customarily does not comment on such decisions. In a statement released through his attorneys, Minton said, I've had multiple medical emergencies and I can't stand to go to my neighboring Dignity Hospital because of the discrimination I was put through. I hope Dignity Health will finally take responsibility for what they did to me and what they continue to do. Finally... Gay entertainers Andy Cohen and Billy Porter took turns hawking new books on CBS's Late Night with Stephen Colbert this week. Cohen's Glitter Every Day is a collection of quotations by some of his favorite women. Do you quote yourself? Do you, do you I make don't. your own no, cut? I'm not a lady. Oh, I forgot. It was yes. all women. I apologize. It's all women I love. Yes. Okay. I don't nice. quote myself. My mom is in there uh, a few times. Great quote from my mom when I, when I came out to her. Her response was, I probably would have hated your wife anyway. <laughs> and you know what? She that probably really would have, nice. if you think about it. Porter promoted his book, Unprotected, with a sermon on self-affirmation. You know, I was told that my queerness would be my liability. And they should hide it. Yes, and it was for decades. And then Kinky Boots happened. I'm not my father's son. And it wasn't. <laughs> and you know, it's government sanctioned. It's religious sanctioned. You know, all you hear is, no, you're not okay, you're not enough, you're wrong, something's wrong with you, you need to be fixed. It's a messaging that I received from the time I could comprehend thought, right? Love yourself enough to not need af validation from the outside from anybody. Validate yourself, speak life into yourself, and go on out and change the world. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending November 6, 2021. Follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappell, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. And you can read the transcript and listen to News Wrap each week by subscribing to our This Way Out radio channel on YouTube. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Stay healthy. And I'm Sarah Montague. Stay safe. This Way Out is supported in part by contributions from our listeners. Some give a little each month, some make a larger annual contribution. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Well, folks, we'll be back in a minute with more excitement right after this word.
I tell stories about what it was like moving to Hollywood when I was 18, trying to be an actor, wanting to make people laugh. Dude, Doogie Howser MD was like my favorite show growing up. You were my idol. Yeah, that's great. Can we get going? Dealing with auditions that I guess by today's standards are called, uh, what's the word, racist? Kumar's special announcement might even surprise Harold. But first... tour with Young Ambassadors that I had my first homosexual experience. <laughs> this guy was so straight acting you never would have known. And such a good kisser. I mean, I was floored when he turned our friendship sexual. Homosexuality does not exist at the Lord's University. <laughs> the few times we got together were incredible. And it wasn't just erotic. It was intimate and expansive. And I remember this one morning in Salina, Kansas, walking from our motel room to the tour bus with the biggest smile on my face. I finally understood what all the love songs were about. <laughs> and I remember thinking, how can I be feeling what I recognize as the spirit so strongly when I've just done something so abominable? Stephen Thales is a gay Mormon with a lot to confess. In fact, the playwright, actor, singer, producer, creativity coach has been developing and performing his epic Mormon Boy trilogy in various forms for a decade. Fales will be launching a new reincarnation of his trilogy in 2022 with an international tour of Part 1, Confessions of a Mormon Boy. That's the one-man show he was performing 10 years ago this month when he visited with This Way Out correspondent Rosie Wilby, and fortunately, he made it to her Out in South London show at the studios of Resonance FM in the nick of time. Hi, Stephen. How are hi, you? Hi, It's great to be here. It's great to see you. And you had a, a bit of an adventure on the train just getting here. I think you sailed through the, the station that you yes, used to get yes, off at. Yes, yes, we, we, we got here and I, I have got to do a show in a, an hour. You have. So You've got the show on I'm in an hour. So, so, yes, we must be, be quick and tell people <laughs> how amazing it is. Now, it's Confessions of a Mormon Boy. Yeah, so what do you think that title? I mean, I mean that title, what, 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 what do you think the show's about? Oh, it's whetting my appetite, I must say. Uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's it's there. You know, we've got religion in there. Yes. We've got the Mormon thing, which is kind of exotic. I find people like, what is a Mormon here mm. in the UK, right? Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, it's it's religion and sex clashing on stage, and it makes for always a good, story. good. Always good. I mean, it's really your sort of personal journey, isn't it? From from being this sort of perfect Mormon boy to becoming, well, I hear yeah, a high I mean, class rent boy. Is that right? Uh, or a yes, cool boy? Yes, or whatever absolutely. The phrase. And back to a middle. I'm back. Yes. So what's interesting what's in is the a, lot of, a lot of people are like, yeah. I went from perfect Mormon boy to perfect rent boy. It's like, no, it's also about how we came to find a middle ground. Sure. So, um, yeah, so uh, it's, uh, I'm an oxymormon. I'm a broke back Mormon. I'm an <laughs> ethel Mormon. I'm a latter gay saint. I, the, the, the Mormon church is officially called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. <clears throat> and they are one of the most vocal opponents of gay rights in America. So mm. in the United States, there's a, a lot of anger toward the Mormon church. But I also try to be a little bit generous to my people because even though I was excommunicated, 
everyone in my family is Mormon. And, and there were some nice things that I, I grew up with. But however, mm. we hold them accountable for the institutionalized bigotry that, that is uh, pervasive in, in that Mormon culture. Mm. So you were actually excommunicated. I mean, you're, you're sort of not in touch with... Well, I was formerly, it was a church court, and it's a very medieval, barbaric oh. thing. You can't believe it. You're wow. like sitting there in a tr- in like a, a tr- court where the crime, the, they, they read the charge, homosexuality, yeah. and then uh, you tell your story, and then they tell you... They tell you to get out, basically, oh. with a smile. It's a fascinating thing. I thought someone needs to write about this. This is a, a form of spiritual abuse and religious violence going against, you know, for, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. So we, we have a lot of fun. There's a lot of humor. And it's a very personal journey. And I find that, as I've written specifically, it translates universally. Mm-hmm. So I'll have someone who's Jewish say, this is my story. Or, yeah. or Muslim. Or, or Lutheran. Or, mm-hmm. or, or even Anglican. Or, you know, and I think anyone can relate. Even if you don't have a religious background, um, it's in the water. Mm. So you can really, we've all been burned by religion before. So. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. And how has it been going so far? How have you found the audiences have been responding to the Brilliantly. Show? Yeah. I mean, I've got people coming back. They're telling their bishop. They're <laughs> yeah. bringing their family. I have Mormons coming. I have, I, uh, you know, I have... You wouldn't believe how many Mormons you have here in the London area. And gay okay. Mormons. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. you really do. They're all coming out of the woodwork. So yeah. they're coming out of the woodwork. Uh, we're getting great four and five star reviews. And Fabulous. we're just like, uh, we're on our way. And did you tour the show before you came to London? Have you been touring it internationally? Yeah, I was at Edinburgh Festival. Oh, of course and you were. Yes. yes. When I was up there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry we missed each other. But I know. Well, it's, a, we it's madness there, isn't it? And, and I also play the uh, the International Dublin Gay Theatre Festival. Oh, we were a I've breakout heard a there. lot about that festival. And uh, the play was... Uh, nominated for an Oscar Wilde Award nomination for Outstanding Writing, if I may toot my horn. Well, I, I think, you know, that's... Uh, it's, in a way, it's quite nice we don't have more time to talk because I think that's left everyone wanting more of you and yeah, wanting yeah, to but I want to say I'm, to I'm quite wholesome, too. And I do have two children, and you'll hear oh, okay. a lot about my kids. And that's the heart of the show. So you so. are a, a family man as well. Well, definitely go and see Stephen Fale's Confessions of a Mormon Boy. Check out mormonboy.com for the latest news about Stephen Fayle's 2022 tour and other works, including his oxymormon memoirs. Rosie Wilby is the author of The Breakup Monologues. I've got a sweet tooth, licorice drops and jelly rolls. Hi, this is John Cameron Mitchell, the writer-director of Hedwig the Angry Inch and Short Bus. And you're listening to This Way Out, the international weekly radio magazine for all our sexually diverse communities. Isn't life beautiful? Isn't life gay? Isn't life the perfect thing to pass the time away? Good news. Good news. Are you signed up for our e-newsletter, Inside This Way Out? We send them out every few weeks. 
briefly reviewing recent and previewing upcoming programming, and deepening the conversation about your favorite international LGBTQ radio show. To receive the occasional Inside This Way Out, and let us know you're listening, email us at info at thiswayout.org. You knew him as Dr. Lawrence Kretner in the TV series House with Hugh Laurie. Why are we in the coma patient's room? You actually think the cat is going to predict someone's death? No, I know that the cat is not going to predict anyone's death. And I will have scientifically disproved. You didn't keep this patient despite the cat. You kept this patient because of the cat. You're scared there's something to it. Are you scared? Cats' brains are always in alpha mode. The few scientific tests that have seemed to confirm psychic phenomena, that's where it takes place. Please tell me that you were kidding, so I won't have to fire you. I was kidding. Dr. Kuttner was killed off so the actor could go work in the Obama White House. Only to return to TV in a fictional White House as presidential aide Seth Wright in Designated Survivor here with Rob Morrow. Joanne, give me actual numbers on the families who are impacted by the proposed estate tax changes. I want something more than estimates. We'll have it on your desk by this afternoon. I never liked impacted as a verb. Jeez, get out. The only things that should get impacted are teeth. Now. Oh, good to see you, too. Well, you didn't miss me, huh? I didn't notice. Oh, I've been working on a story, Seth. I would never publish a story so impactful without giving you a chance to comment first. And now for something completely different. Now, Cal Penn has a new memoir. He introduced the book with a message on Instagram that we embellished with music and a few scenes from his most famous role, starring with John Cho as Harold and Neil Patrick Harris as a version of himself. Hey, it's Cal. I'm really excited to introduce you to my book. It's called You Can't Be Serious. It comes out November 2nd. Uh, I've been working on this thing for about four and a half years, so I am especially proud uh, to finally be able to share it with all of you. In this, I tell stories about what it was like growing up uh, as the son of immigrants in New Jersey. I talk about my grandparents who marched with Gandhi in the Indian independence movement. And then I also talk about what it was like moving to Hollywood when I was 18, trying to be an actor, wanting to make people laugh, dealing with auditions that I guess by today's standards are called, uh, what's the word, racist. Um, yeah, I remember you, Sabrina the Teenage Witch and Son of the Mask. That's all in here. Um, but I also write about some really wonderful experiences I had making things like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, smoking weed with a fake President Bush. Hey, look here, fellas. You guys gonna have to order from the drive-thru menu. What happened in the White Castle? What? There used to be a White Castle right here in this location. Where is it? I hate to be the bearer of bad news, guys, but Burger Shack, they bought this location about four years ago. God. Please tell me there's another White Castle in town. No. There's a White Castle that's open 24 hours up in Cherry Hill. It's about 45 minutes from here. I can make the trip if you're willing to. Dude, I have no idea where we are. Is that a hitchhiker? What the hell? Should we pick him up? And get chopped to bits? Are you crazy? Hey, you know what? We're lost. He may know how to get back on the highway. Hey, guys. Thanks for picking me up. Oh, oh. Oh. Excuse me. Are you Neil Patrick Harris? 
Yep. Oh. oh my god, what are you doing Holy here? Holy sh**. Dude, Doogie Howser MD was like my favorite truck growing up. You were my idol. Yeah, that's great. Can we get going? No problem. Neil? Gary and Kumar! Yeah. Yes! Harold, Harold, sorry man, I forgot. What are you guys doing out here? We're actually uh, trying to get to Texas. Te That's where I'm headed. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. All right, my name is Harold B, sir, and, and this is Kumar Patel. What? Mitsubishi -wa. Anyway, we were on a parachute and we sort of landed on your ranch. Dude, this is weed. <laughs> That's Alabama Kush. That's some of the finest. So you get high and then you put other people who smoke weed in jail? Duh. And then taking a leave of absence for a couple years to work uh, at the White House uh, and President Obama. So a lot of my Obama stories and, and, uh, and public service stories are in here too. So hope this book makes you laugh. Hope you enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. He's actor, writer, producer Cal Penn, and he has a lot more to say in You Can't Be Serious. He talked about what for some was a revelation in the book with CNN's Jake Tapper. One of the things that's interesting is you write about your partner, Josh. Uh, you write about your sexuality in a very matter-of-fact way. Uh, you've been together for 11 years. You've been engaged for two years. But I think a lot of people probably didn't know you were gay. Uh, why did this feel like the right time to tell the public? And, and talk a little bit about the decision you made to write about it the way you did, which was kind of like as if we all already knew. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, one of the big goals of, of the book was, A, to make people laugh and, B, feel like you're just having a beer with me or four or five beers, depending on how long it takes you to read the book. Uh, and part of that was, was sharing a lot more experiences. I mean, Josh, have been, Josh and I have been together for 11 years. I'm really happy to share that chapter with folks. Um, that chapter, to your point, is a love story ensconced in NASCAR because our second date, uh, I mean, you know this from, from uh, working in D.C., like Sundays were my only days off as a staffer. So when Josh and I met, I was like, why don't you just come over? We'll watch some TV or something. So it's a Sunday afternoon. He comes over with an 18-pack 18 18 of Coors Light and turns my TV to NASCAR. And immediately I'm like, all right, well, this dude's going to leave with 16 of those beers because this is not going to work out. <laughs> um, and then next thing you know, we're, you know, we're together for quite a while. He, like my parents, sort of shun uh, the public eye, you know, and I, I wanted to respect that uh, when we codified our relationship. I just sort of thought I'd like to be respectful of him the same way that I'm respectful of my parents. So when they've uh, been introduced to all my work friends or have come to movie sets or, or premieres, uh, it's funny to see how quickly they'll exit the car and sort of like go through a side entrance, <laughs> get the popcorn and wait for me to do all my interviews. Um, and then when it was time to put the memoir together, I just, you know, I, I talked to them all and I said, there's so many great fun stories that I'd love to be able to share with people are you okay with that I, I, you know and they said sure go ahead you can share a couple of adorable stories Cal put them in the book but just a couple <laughs> Harold and Kumar star Cal Penn on coming out in his new memoir you can't be serious it's been a boom to LGBTQ South Asians a pop culture representative they can point to every gay person must come out yeah! Once you do, you will feel so much better. Come out, come out, wherever you are.
Thanks for choosing This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Some program material this week came from Sarah Montague and John Dyer V, produced by Brian DeShazer and from Rosie Wilby. Thanks also to M.R. Rakal. The reporter R.E.M., Mason Williams, Sam Cook, and Classic and 86 performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson, composer, performed our theme music. This way out thanks to Kicking Assets Fund of the Tides Foundation, the Ivana Foundation, a bequest from Christopher David Trentham, and donors Christopher Matthews and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappelle and everyone at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org and on CFMH, St. John, New Brunswick, KPFT, Houston, Texas, WHYR, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.